early. 10 15. Away. All right. Hello and welcome back to uh, Big Trouble in Little Podcast. I almost forgot the name of the show for half a second. I was ready to say getting some color. The show I'm not even fucking on. <laughs> you're going to be on that show someday. Well, yeah. maybe one of these days. But yeah, we're on shows. Dubs is out this week. He uh, he had some some private business to take care of. I think he was hired to take care of a hit on the West Coast or something. I'm not sure, but regardless, we're here. We're uh, an unscheduled movie has been added to the list. We're going to talk about. Bullet Train from 2022, right? The movie's brand spanking new. Last August. But anyway, I'm Andy. I'm Zach. And and I'm Chaz. Yeah. So, so, uh, Chaz, you chose this movie. Why'd you choose this movie? Movie kicks ass. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really, though. Well, okay. Well, backstory. I've been trying to watch this movie for a long time. But, you know, as life gets in the way and, and my own inhibitions keep me from doing things, I, I finally had a chance to watch it and then found out my wife had already watched it without me. <laughs> I was like, well, shit, we can't watch it together now. But then later on, um, some of our friends were talking about it, about how it was one of those uh, the best movies of uh, 2022 that they'd watched. And, uh, you know, it's like one, it's one of those movies that kind of went under the radar, but it didn't. I've heard a lot of people say good things about it. But it's it, it felt like it, at the same time it just came and went because maybe the timing of when it came out. But decided to watch it uh, actually just a few weeks ago. Uh, loved it, and then we were trying to figure out what to do to fill our void and uh, while we wait for uh, Dubs to come back. I thought, you know what, this movie is great, and all of us have talked about it except for Zach. Like, oh, this would be a great way to make Zach watch a movie. So here we are. Those are my reasons. I need persuasion to watch movies. Yeah. Well, I think you were eventually going to get to this one, but this is a much easier way to do it. This That's movie true. is the perfect example of it's, it's just fun to watch it. There's not like, it's, it's not, it's not really going to enrich your life in any way. It's not going to like, you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to walk away from this a better person or anything but you're going to be entertained as hell for two hours yeah at least that's that's my summation of the movie yeah to add to like actual like movie rhetoric uh like of how to like film a movie and and tell a story in cinema i do think there is something really good about this movie which i'll, I'll bring up as we're talking about it in the story um i that i think they just do a great job of however the yeah, I for the cliche that's there. This is a wild ride that you're going to enjoy. Um, I think it's just as silly and ridiculous as it is very clever, which is is awesome. There's a, just a, such a good like dichotomy in the movie of they're very well thought out points throughout the movie and uh, like little subplots and how the story kind of intertwines within itself. But also they're just like ridiculous, stupid, big fun moments that happen that you just enjoy for the sake of it. You don't need to think too hard about it. So, again, a wonderful way to spend two hours. But uh, 
I guess we should tell people more about why that's the case, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this movie uh, is uh, outrageously colorful and stylized. Um, it's directed by the guy who directed Deadpool 2 is kind of what I knew him from. Apparently he also, I'm just seeing, directed that movie, Atomic Blonde. I remember that being a movie. I was like, that sounds like a cool movie. And I saw it. And I was like, well, that was a movie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. it had a lot of that style over substance that that take is in this movie a whole lot. But this movie does a much better job of uh, keeping it fun. Uh, in Atomic Blonde, there's a lot of stylized stuff that isn't really doing much for me. But in this movie, there's a ton of like the the big garish neon kanji that appears every time a new character is on the screen is letting you know ladybug the father the elder the water bottle yeah the water bottle it's, it's like oh it's big, bigger than life it's so colorful and outrageous oh my god and all the all the the everyone's backstories are stylized and the camera never sh- sh- sits still for anything and i really think this director must have perfected this ocd uh acid trip of a directorial style that he's got going on i believe also he uh the cinematographer in this movie is the same cinematographer that they had in deadpool 2 and that might be the only two movies they've done together but i don't know that for facts but for better or worse it this movie is kind of a style over, over substance kind of thing uh, the story is interesting. It's based on a novel, which I've never read. I, don't, I doubt you guys have. I didn't even know it was based on a novel until very recently. It's the second in a trilogy of yeah. uh, Hitman they, novels. They add some characters and they take some characters out for the movie. But hmm. the, the story is cool. It's interesting. But I feel like the star here is the stunt choreography and... I mean, it is interesting. It's got that um, interesting, uh, I want to say Pulp Fiction, but I don't know if that's the right way to put it. More like Snatch, where it's like a bunch of mm-hmm. bunch of characters, gangland characters all have this, um, these their stories interfere with each other, and that's mm-hmm. where the drama comes from. Because otherwise he would just turn up and just like steal a case from Lemon and Tangerine. But because the wolf is there, it's complicated. Then he has that fight. And because the hornet's running around, it complicates everything else. And then you've got, uh, I can't remember, um, the, uh, the prince. Prince is there, and she's got the father. And it's just, if, if you took out any of these one elements, everything would go a lot smoother for every other character in the story. And that's mm-hmm. where the drama comes from. It's not really, I mean, there is drama in that uh, the father is there to try to avenge his son being pushed off a building by Prince. But a little Prince, I guess it, it sounds weird when you just say Prince, doesn't it? But uh, mm-hmm. that's, that story is okay, but it's really not in the spotlight here. At least I don't think so. No, um, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I got more of that. <clears throat> I've never seen Snatch, but uh, a lot of the dialogue with the characters and the interfering and all that stuff uh, reminded me a lot of Pulp Fiction, like you yeah. mentioned that first. Uh, the, I also liked the uh, the humor. It was actually kind of funny in this, uh, whereas lately a lot of hum- attempts at, at humor fall flat. It's not funny. It's just Joss Whedon rip off dialogue bullshit from 15 years ago that people still think is funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and everybody's kind of grown to hate that now. Thank God. Yeah. 
Uh, I feel like it's like MCU ruined that a little bit. Yeah. Every, every every protagonist in comic book movies is like a smarmy, smart talking. They're all Spider Man now. Like that was Spider Man's shtick, and now everyone's got it. As they're well. all to- they're all Tony Stark. Stark. They're all Robert Downey Jr. Except yeah. Captain America because he's a square. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think part of the reason this movie is funny in a way that a lot of the other movies aren't, and you could point to like uh, Seth Rogen produced like it's all about like uh um the, the kind of it, it's like the humor wants to be just based on the dialogue but this movie does a really good job of making sure the dialogue is working with actions to be funny like the, yeah. i laugh the hardest at at the end of the fight scene with hornet when she like drops the syringe on his hand that's already hilarious and oh, shit. he takes it and puts it in her neck and he reminds her about you got 30 seconds and then she goes for the end of it. He grabs it real quick. That's the funniest part of the movie for me. And it's all just physical business that is funny about it. Like there's dialogue there and the dialogue is helping the actions be funny. Also, I read something about it. Apparently from the time she gets injected, it's exactly 28.4 seconds. So they did a pretty good job of like sticking with their own movie rules on that one. Oh I like yeah. The, uh, I like the scene where uh, Brad Pitt's character was fighting Tangerine. They they stopped because that that girl uh, running the the refreshments <laughs> cart was in there. Yeah, and then he he made him pay for his bottle of water. It was like because he gave it all to Channing Tatum. He's more than it is. Another unexpected cameo good. too. We also had a, a Ryan Reynolds at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carver. yeah, there are a couple. Yeah, I, so the cast too just blew me away in this. There, um, so uh, the random one that got me first. Was Bad Bunny? Yeah, what the hell? I didn't yeah. realize it was him at first. He's like, barely Bad in it, and that's a shame because he's actually pretty cool. Yeah, oh, his little backstory thing is so fucking badass. That, that whole thing happened. It was like three minutes. I was like, what the fuck? They made me care about this character in three minutes, uh-huh. <laughs> and then he dies. And then he oh, dies I wanted him to get revenge. That's that's what's so wonderful is just as you think you're putting the movie together, it just takes so many different little twists and turns, which is great. But, uh, but yeah, they're like that. They just have this thing that you think, you think you're going the right way. It's like being a mouse in a maze, and you're like, oh yeah, I, I get this now. I'm taking it, and then you get to the dead end because that character literally dies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like how he, he like kills him, and then hit Brad Pitt's character. We talk about Ladybug for a while. But uh, I just love the idea of well, he he just decides well, all this is just crazy enough anyway, and he's just like t- always talking himself through like all oh, this negativity is fine. I got to find something positive about it, and then he's as he's like trying to get Bad Bunny like set up, and he's just got that giant fucking knife in his heart, and he's setting him up like okay, let's make it look like he he went away peacefully. <laughs> he's got the bottle set up, this giant knife stuck sticking through his chest. Uh, I'm glad he removed it because I was at one point worried they were just going to leave it, but then he took it out. There's a there's something I noticed watching the movie this time that I didn't the first time I watched it. Also, uh, regarding the knife going into the wolf's chest, uh, they talk about how the White Death always kills pe- kills assassins with their own weapon, and that's why a Little Prince has the scheme all going to rig mm-hmm. his gun to blow his head off. Um, almost everyone who attacks Ladybug is killed by their own weapon. Because he's killed by his own knife because he throws it and he deflects it with the case. Hornet mm-hmm. is killed by her own injection, and Tangerine shoots himself in the neck with his own gun. Yeah. It's just weird because they say that about another character, and then here is Ladybug. And of course, the 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 running theme throughout the whole thing is bad luck, but 
every time he experiences bad luck, there's like a real obvious, oh, but it saved him from blank kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what's funny too, is it almost kind of ties into uh, the story that the, um, the, the father, the, his father, so the, the elder that's the, yeah, that's I to call him the elder. Um, that's yeah. looking to get revenge, which I like his character too. Uh, and and shout out to his character. He was the actor that played Hanzo in the Morgan. more recent uh, uh, Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, we his, always point out similarities to other episodes. We watched that movie and we reviewed it, and we didn't care for it too much. Yeah, oh, the movie <laughs> he, itself. Well, I think we all agreed that he was like the best part of it. So oh, he, was, he was one of the highlights. Would you agree, Zach? Yeah. He oh was, yeah, he, for sure. Yeah, I liked Scorpion a lot, and then it was just like. God damn it! He was barely in the movie. So yeah, it was just this, this. They made up a character, and the whole movie sucked. But whenever uh, Scorpion was in the movie, it was like, yeah, I'm all about this. This is cool. <laughs> he comes back, and I was like, oh, that's the badass. But yeah, I saw him immediately, and I was like, that's fucking Scorpion. But uh, it's also a weird coincidence that there's like a little Yakuza plot in this movie, kind of like like that character's backstory and everything specifically. Yeah, it's a, he's got this long, like, outdated, like, just, like, he's waited out revenge for such a long time, and he lost his family and everything. It's almost literally the Scorpion plot, but, but uh, anyway, uh, when he talks to uh, Ladybug about what the, like, the Ladybugs aren't good luck, they're bad luck, but they're bad luck to ward off bad luck from others, like, they are the ones who absorb bad luck, but it's just the irony in that. Like you'd said, he he doesn't have he has bad luck, but in the way that his bad luck like reflects right back to someone else, so he doesn't actually get hurt. Like he's fine. He just like smooths right through it. It's got like those scenes of like someone just like actively walking through a natural disaster and they just walk unscathed. But or like the uh, what's the scene from Three Hundred and the guy like stands and he's ready to die, and all the fucking arrows come through and he just doesn't get hit by any of them. I mean, the the end of the movie. That's actually what happens. He survives a. It, it, technically, it's a man-made disaster, but yeah, as well call it. A, 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 hey, another train derailment. By the way, and I made that joke. I didn't even know there was going to be a train derailment. And there ended up being <laughs> there one. You go, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's, damn. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just I I, I love how the, uh, his the whole thing with his character too, just like having this like whole reversal of positivity. It would have been great if they had like a little tie-in with the person he. Is uh the therapist? I can't remember the name of it. But I don't recall them having. There wasn't anything right. They didn't reveal who his therapist was or anything. No, just like he says, "Oh my god, yeah." I can't remember his name's like Bill or something. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's that's my guru. Also, by the way, what's up with them getting Sandra Bullock and then just not putting her in the movie until the very end? Except for her voice, obviously. It's just (laughs) why why does Ryan Reynolds just appear for like one shot? Apparently, that's like kind of a that's a little wink and a nod to the fact that I guess Brad Pitt appeared in Deadpool two for like just half a second. Oh, it's 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 a reversal of that because it's the same director. Sure. Same in the same vein. uh, The reason why. uh, Oh shit! Always fuck his name up. Channing Tatum. That it. That's right. Okay. okay, I always want to call him the opposite, and I flip it. So next time I'll call him Tatum Channing. But Tatum Channing. Yeah, but Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock starred in a movie called The Lost City that I had to watch not too long ago with my wife, and I wa- listen to her cackle until she wheezed. She thinks it's the funniest movie on the earth. I think I remember it, it, you talking about that. Daniel Radcliffe said it too. It's actually a pretty funny movie. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I for like a romantic comedy, it was like 
almost a seven out of ten. Like it's good. I'd watch it again with her. Um, but she thinks it's like the best thing ever. But Brad Pitt's in that movie as a brief cameo and then gets killed off. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I don't think Ryan Reynolds is in it. I don't remember him being in it. But uh, yeah, and this those movies both came out in like the same like within the same couple of months. So like they're all like cameoed in their own movies and stuff. I thought that was kind of neat. That is pretty funny. Uh, I mean, for all the the big uh, stars in this too. Like, I kept thinking the, the girl who plays Prince. I guess her name is Joey King. Yeah. I spent the whole movie being like, "Where have I seen her?" And I looked it up on IMDb afterwards. I still have no idea. I don't know. I don't know where I've seen her before. She has she has a face that I swear I've seen in something. I scrolled all through her IMDb and I can't figure out. Yeah, so I'm looking just, out too. I didn't recognize her from anything, but I tell you, the the guy that played Tangerine, I kept looking, thinking, man, he's a handsome young guy. He must be some new actor. He was fucking kick ass. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, now that 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 one's clear. And the first time I watched this, I was watching with my girlfriend, and we kept both saying, "Who's Lemon? I know he's someone. He's." Uh, Paperboy in the show Atlanta, which I really mm-hmm. like. Oh, and he's uh he's fantastic in that. And it's it's weird they play. He's it's kind of a same character, like kind of a pompous but kind of tongue and cheek humor. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's, it's, it's weird because it's the same character, so I don't know why it took us so long to figure it out. But he's great in that. He's great in this. Um, who? Oh, Michael Shannon as White Death. Oh, that was great too. I, I had to look that up. I was like, "Who is that?" Oh, it's Michael Shannon. It's Michael Shannon. It's just like they—he's—they just do just enough with his appearance that you don't really recognize him at first. Uh-huh. I swear to God, for a minute, I thought it's like this. This guy has to be Keanu Reeves because it's too much like John Wick or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This, this better be John, This better be Keanu Reeves." And then no, it was Michael Shannon. I'm like, "It's General Zod." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there's tons of people in this movie. It's just I feel, loaded. I feel like I, okay. I feel like we've said just about every character is great. I um, uh, uh, what's what's her name that played the Hornet? Uh, Zazie Beetz. She's great too. She's the, she's the only one we missed. But she's she's kind of like the wolf. It's like she appears. Oh, oh, she's dead. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I didn't even get her backstory, but I did like her little thing. Was she kept calling him a bitch. Until she died, I don't know. Why. She had a weird vocal thing. She she did, she did the thing from Rick and Morty. The the fucking uh, what's the guy's name? Scary Terry. Scary Terry. That's right. Yeah. What do you <laughs> think, bitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can run, but you can't hide, bitch. <laughs> he keeps saying we can run, but we can't hide. Have we tried hiding? <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we're not, not going to get up on them. Yeah. Uh, um. It, it, Oh, I guess so, the guy who played the son is someone too. Logan Lerman. What oh, um, he's been in stuff. He's been in Fury, Percy Jackson, some other stuff. Okay, whatever. Um, I don't know what. Unfortunately, like I said, somewhat to the movie's detriment, I'll admit there's like a style over substance thing. And this is a movie I'm going to recommend to a lot of people, but I wonder how much of the actual story I'm going to remember in like a year or two. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna remember like you know great fight scenes, Thomas the Tank Engine humor, um, it's know, a gonna, other things. It's gonna be like you know old action movies. Like you'll remember the whole plots and all the moments because there's not a lot of substance there. Mm-hmm. But you you remember the the movie because of all the characters and the moments in them is, is what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Th- there's I, it, there's a lot of it I like in spite of myself because I'm getting kind of sick of. 
this the visual aesthetic this movie's going for everything's neon and colorful i mean it's, it takes place in japan so like when when he's walking around tokyo at the beginning of the movie it kind of checks out like there's neon and eye-catching signs and stuff that's the point but like i said the the neon kanji that comes up with the introduced characters and all the backgrounds and the saturations like tweaked so the the movie's a little bright it's all stuff that i want to be like this is stupid i'm sick of seeing this in movies but this is the movie that it needs to be reserved for in a way mm-hmm. like other movies use it to the de- their detriment but no to bullet trains de- detriment is what i would say because if i wasn't so sick of this i think i would have liked this movie even more that's fair like because at least fits in this movie just yeah, the no, style it, of the movie it is it, it makes sense like this movie is very much all about like even people just doing dumb stuff like um holding a weapon or holding the case like he flips the case in his hands a few times no reason for it it's just it's just a flourish it's just business for a character to do in the shot that's like you know oh it's everything is so crazy and outrageous oh it's a tiktok generation we gotta get eyeballs on this movie god damn it mm-hmm. yeah this movie definitely like, for adhd it, <laughs> it drew my attention when they stop um at one of the stops and there's a bunch there's like a bunch of yakuza waiting for him uh, there's like some guy holding a sword and he like spins it in his hand real quick. No reason for that. There's no reason for him to have done that. <laughs> there's no reason an actual Yakuza thug or a hitman or a mercenary would do that. It was just like, uh, hey, Frank, you know how to like spin a sword, right? Do that as the camera goes by you. Okay, I guess I'll do it. And it looks, it looks cool as hell. Like it caught my eye. I was like, that guy's a badass right there. I'll tell you what, but there's no reason for it. <laughs> See, what's great though is that throughout the movie, uh, now, to be fair, too, I didn't get to watch the movie all the way through the second time for reasons we'll get to it toward the end when I go all rage. But uh, throughout the movie, there are, like you said, unnecessary actions and little things that happen. Some of them just don't even matter. Like they have that ticket guy, for instance, and he, he kind of matters, but he like it's fairly inconsequential. And they have like the they have a couple of things that, that come up like that related to the staff that are working there. Um, and I almost wondered more about how much of that is related to, well, eventually they just disappear and you don't know why. And it's because, oh, because they, the plot of him buying every seat on the train, That's nobody else is left on the train. Really like, because otherwise uh-huh. it make the plot makes no sense. Like they're doing right. these like outrageous fight scenes and blowing the mm-hmm. doors and the windows off of this train. And you're like, why the fuck would there be people running away? Exactly. Why aren't there police officers here? And then, yeah. and then like, by the time your brain starts to be like, wait a minute, where's all the fucking police? That's when you get the exposition. The White Death says, oh, I bought every ticket on the train. Right. You're on there by yourself. I'm going to kill everyone on the train when you get to Kyoto. And right. that, that's cool. That, that's really good. That's tight script writing because it's got a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that ties back to the, the, the Fiji bottle. There's a lot of stuff that like turns yeah. up in a bunch of places, and then there's a reason for it. I like that yeah. a lot. This, um, Hornet is dressed as that. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Momoka or something like that. Yeah, Momochi. Like, it turns up a yeah. few times, and at first it's like, haha, that's funny. It was like grabbing the case, and he punched it. And then later you realize, oh, there's a reason for that. She wants the case. That's her payment. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that was cool. Uh, so the thing that I thought the, the strength of this movie was, I mean, again, we talked about already. It's This is a high-speed romp, and that's what's great about it. Maybe that's why I like this movie so much. It moved so much, and there was so much going on with the neon and the visuals. Like, again, it was ADHD dream movie. Because it's like, ooh, pretty colors. I was like a goldfish, just watching it and forgetting every two seconds. But um, I, I really liked the layering of the, the characters, uh, Tangerine and Lemon. 
because I thought yeah. this was like just the the entire arc of their characters and how they're covered in this. To me, at least, I'm get really pedantic and say this. They are. I feel like it is a clinic on how to write characters without putting too much exposition on them. Like just simply letting the characters tone and the like the things they do the actions they take their little mannerisms win you over even when you're not supposed to necessarily like them yeah and they do good job sympathetic mass murderers yeah without giving you really much of any backstory either like you get just little bits but it's really just how they're interacting on on there you don't get any of the the real beats of things until they actually have more shit happen and then toward the end like figuring out that they really were brothers and like they talk about them being the twins, and you find out really they, they grew up as brothers, so that's why they call themselves the twins now. Um, or at least they, they made it, they were as close as brothers. I guess they didn't really ever say specifics, but um, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, like it really hit me hard during the scene when uh, when Lemon dies, quote unquote, dies, and then it's like, oh, really tragic. And then it's even worse when you find out uh, Tangerine finds out he loses his shit. Then he dies out of the, the the bullshit bad luck that is Ladybug, and then Lemon's actually alive and he finds him. I was like, ah, yeah. oh, shit, this it sucks. It makes you go through it twice. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, it, it fucking sucks. It's like going through like the same heartbreak twice, just in a different way, is such an awesome thing. I hate it's weird. One of my favorite video games, just throw in there uh, to play if you've ever played it, Lost Odyssey. Spoilers, but it's been out for a while. You, yeah, a the, basically, the same thing happens. The one of the main characters loses someone very close to him, like in in the backstory, and like you, you find out how it like molded his entire like story of his his travels, and then he only to find out the person is actually alive. But he finds them because there's time travel fuckery and immortality. He finds that person and they're near death again, so he has to relive them dying again just as he found out that they're alive. Mm-hmm. Fucking sucks. Uh, and it's, it's beautiful. Uh, so, um, anyway, I, I just like stuff like that. I, I thought it was great. And then of course, Lemon gets his revenge at the end anyway. Uh, that was, that was awesome. Was pretty, the, the, the crazy. Yeah. The first time I saw the movie, I was just flabbergasted. Like, why is she hit by that truck? They, they, <laughs> they got your back. They, they said, don't worry. We're going to get there. Yeah. I didn't even question it. I just took, when the, when the truck hit her, I was like, well, that's about how this movie's been. Like, Things have just happened, and, and I was like, they'll probably explain it. If they don't, that would just be funny, because it's like the one thing they don't explain, and they just leave that way. That's how it would go. But, uh, but then they explain it, it was even better. Uh, I also thought that it, it's a little cheeky, but uh, the irony in her being Little Prince, and her like basically trying to kill a child, or nearly kill a child, in order to, to get this guy to help her kill her father, because he's the boy that was forgotten quote-unquote boy but i don't know yeah. just weird and then she ends up getting her own shit anyway but uh to double back on what you what you started with uh, i think lemon and tangerine are the best characters in this movie oh good i'm glad we got there because lemon hands down lemon's the best character love yeah. it yeah uh, but it's um i i think i think part of the reason for that is though is because they have each other to talk to and that helps us learn to like them because they just have dialogue with each other that's like irreverent or like stuff about Thomas the Tank Engine or talking to the boy mm-hmm. they just rescued and there's you know humor in that and they care about each other like you see that throughout the movie like they actually have feelings and that makes you care about their characters more because they're not just like a heartless nameless killer like like the movie would normally have if it was handled less 
less well. I don't know how to put it. But um, every other character, they don't really have anyone to bounce off of except for Ladybug occasionally. And even he is like, he's talking to, he's talking to um, Tangerine Bullock's character, whatever it is, every once in a while. And then the phone keeps getting screwed up. And then he'll be talking to Tangerine for a while or he'll be talking to someone else temporarily. But he never gets a whole lot of time. Like we spend the whole movie with him. But I think he has less meaningful conversations than Lemon and Tangerine do in the few scenes that we see them in. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think I think it's a it's a flip. Again, the whole movie it seems like it's about him because he's he's there, and that's how they focus on first, really. And but you know the whole thing is like, he's not even really supposed to be there. You find out at the end like it's totally inconsequential. Like him doing what he did is important because obviously the actions that he takes and, and stuff to, to get to the point that they're at but the whole thing was a setup for carver to be killed which i i laughed pretty hard uh when i found that out that uh I, of course the reveal and stuff um like i've said before on some of these i'm i really like being that that asshole that talks through and like i will say five minutes before they reveal something like oh this is what's gonna happen i did that some too yeah my, my wife gets so fucking mad about it but she already watched this movie so this was the perfect movie to do that because she already knew she would she said there a big smile on her face because she's like i know he's right but i'm not going to give him the satisfaction i'll just let him see the, the reveal so i had guessed a good bit of the movie um the, uh and i had guessed that right near the end whenever he was setting up and, and i'm like I actually made the joke of I don't think I guessed it. It was just like a, it was more of a joke of it, wouldn't it be funny if this whole thing was set up for Carver and then he did it. And I was like, son of a bitch! How funny is that? Like that's that's what they did. But then they did the Ryan Reynolds thing. I didn't think they were gonna even show a person, and that's <laughs> that's what made me laugh so hard. I was like, of course, it's like the smoothest motherfucker ever. No, I did lots of little ones, but the one that really <laughs> pissed my girlfriend off is um, the scene where the elder is confronting Prince. And her phone rings, and he just like looks at it and puts it away. And there's that mm-hmm. moment of, oh no, um, uh, Watru's gonna get killed. And mm-hmm. my girlfriend was like, oh no, the boy. I said, oh, he'll be fine. I piece together who this guy is. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, when that happened too, I was like, oh yeah, there's no way they keep going back to that too much. Like, there's no way anyone's gonna let. Like they're not gonna let something happen to that kid. Um, same thing with her figuring out that she was. It was clearly she was related to to White Death. That, that uh, was the most, the most entertainingly outrageous thing that could happen. So yeah, it, it they it's broadcasted pretty heavily. I felt like pretty early on. Yeah, it's it's the more obvious one. Yeah, I agree. But nevertheless, still fun. Again, just because you figure something out doesn't ruin it. It's it was it was actually yeah, more fun to hear it. You figure out like the big beats like that, but then there's something like uh, the Hornet turns up for no reason in that stupid suit. Like there's there's enough small small big surprises that even when you're predicting stuff like you're you're surprised all the time like there's oh like, so, uh, the wolf was the one that got me because i was like oh that's where this story is going to take off and it was going to go into that whole thing of the oh no he like killed someone at this wedding and it mattered and and all these other important things and he and then he just fucking kills him and i'm like well there goes that whole theory yeah, yeah. it's funny because they put him so prominently on the movie posters and in the trailer. So I feel like they set everyone up to be like, to be like, Oh, the wolf's coming into this now. Now something else is going to happen. Oh, he's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like hateful eight when Channing Tatum dies. He's in the poster. He's like very prominently featured and credited and shit. And then you, you don't see him till three quarters through the movie and he's gone. It's very yeah. good stuff. <laughs> Damn. Ugh. 
Oh, um, um, soundtrack. I like the soundtrack of this movie too. Oh, Might as well just yeah. throw that in there. Isn't it all just Japanese covers of like songs? Like, just... well, I even like the score. Every once in a while, there's just like music because they're just showing the bullet train like going across Japan, and the score is pretty good too. But yeah, oh, the music all seems to be just pop hits sang in Japanese. I think. Like mm-hmm. I, there was a. Uh... I need a hero. There was mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. survivor. I think like I, the tiger or whatever. Fucking like, it was like, I heard like three or four songs. Like that's just blank, but it's in Japanese. It's covered by a Japanese band, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I didn't mind it. I thought it was cool. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Apparently I don't remember the original trailer, but it was, uh, I think it's, I will survive in three different languages, English, Spanish, and Japanese. Kind of clever. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah, fun, fun movie. Um, the violence and it wasn't like too much gore, but there was definitely plenty of of like like death scenes that were that were interesting. Oh, when, when the white death gets half of his head blown off, it's pretty gory. Oh yeah, that that one is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that one is pretty gory. They, they don't hold back on that one. Or like that guy um, that pop pops up the top of the train, and then he hits like that fucking. Signage gets that's split. Cool. That's a cool kill. That's like, like straight shit. out of a slasher movie. I was like, yeah, that was badass. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I got that popped me. So. Yeah, that, that's true. That one got me. I, I like that whole sequence bit they do with Tangerine and Lemon when they're arguing about how many people they killed, and they go yeah. through that. That whole shot sequence is actually really cool of them like doing the whole sequence of they killing people, but as they're doing it, really yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, the uh, the innocent bystander who gets killed at the end—that's the director. It's a director cameo. Oh, <laughs> hey, are you okay? Boom! And he's like, "Oh shit, <laughs> I didn't do that one." <laughs> that wasn't our fault. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so here's here's a real question: How many? How many of you? And I guess just of the two of you. There's two of us. Yeah, of the two of you, or those <laughs> listening. How how many people looked up the different characters of Thomas Tank Engine to find out what character they were? No, 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 no. I watched enough of that shit when I was a yeah. kid. I know, uh, I know. All the characters are just fine. Thomas, Percy, Edward, Gordon, Henry, George Carlin, Diesel, George Carlin. <laughs> and there's more. Yeah, I didn't watch a ton of Thomas the Tank Engine as a kid. I mean, watch some. Just not. I don't think I watched enough to remember characters and, and how attitudes and how they act as people. I mean, I, I like, don't remember. Every fascinated by character, but I was fascinated how they built a character around that. But he was like spot on with the type of stuff. So they built this weird like Thomas the Tank Engine autism war around him. But then like he's like really fucking good at reading people. I mean, <laughs> I like, that's to... really fucking cool. It leads to uh, what, for my money, is one of the best shots in the entire damn movie is um tangerine is talking to prince and they start to pass each other and he looks back and sees the diesel sticker on her back like oh yeah because he, he, he puts it on He's the end of her. his gun and then points it and you get that sweet split focus of diesel in the foreground and his face oh it's so it's such a great it's, shot it, yeah it really, is there's a lot of great shots in this movie though there is um yeah i liked it i liked it a lot actually um I don't know that like uh, I don't mind that it's just like an action movie because honestly uh, you don't really get a lot of those anymore. No, it's yeah. it's all got to be like comedy action or which this kind of is a little bit, but not as much as these others. These yeah. other movies I'm talking about. It's so hard um, to get a film made that doesn't have like some somewhat of an agenda baked into it. Yeah, that too. Uh, uh, it is, and this doesn't. That's that's what's so nice about it. It just exists, and it's just. Like two hours and six minutes. That's that's also great. 
Uh, I, I really like that. <laughs> yeah, it is like the perfect length. Yeah, I, 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 that always gets extra points for me when I find yeah. out, oh, this movie's only two hours. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Two hours <laughs> is good. There are, look, I, I was thinking really hard about it because the first time I saw this movie, I was smitten. So this time going through it, I was really trying hard to find stuff I could nitpick. And the, the stuff I found was this is very much like an ADHD TikTok generation kind of like bam, 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 like bright colors, lots of stuff going on, jingle of keys. <laughs> which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just it's just something I noticed. I can't stand, and I know that they do this for, so that all the dum-dums can keep up with the smarty pantses, but I can't stand every time there's a big revelation about something going on, it shows you a flashback to that thing. Like, once or twice is okay, but it's always like um, he uh, White Death is explaining why everyone's there, and then he's like, oh, you're the one who killed my wife, Carver, and it shows, like, her getting killed in a, in a car wreck. Him talking about Carver's an asshole. Him talking about he called in sick. It's like a bunch of flat. It's, I get it. Yes, I remember. I I was here. It was like an hour and a half ago. I remember that happening. But I understand why they do it. But I don't like that they do it as much as they do. Because there's a ton of times where someone says something and flashes back. To a part in the exact same movie. The same movie I'm watching. I know. I remember. Don't worry. And uh, the other thing is... Uh, I kind of wish the movie had climaxed at Kyoto Station at dawn. I think that was the dramatic ending. Like I, I, I don't know how they would stretch it out to still have a really exciting fight with uh, White Death and all of his his band of mercenaries from around the world or whatever they're saying. But I like the fact that he gets on the train at dusk. It leaves Tokyo, and then at dawn it arrives in Kyoto, and it's like misty, and the White Death is there with all of his assassins. And as they're confronting people in the train, you can see the sun rising through the windows on just one side of the train. That's really cool. And But then they go off on the like uh, runaway train, and it derails, and it goes through this uh, historical village in Kyoto. It's all really cool and exciting, but I felt like the coolest climax was there at the station. But uh, who am I? I don't make million-dollar movies. This guy does, so I don't know. Oh, little, little nod to... That whole briefcase thing when the briefcase gets uh, gets loaded with something, uh, the water bottle. Okay, water bottle's pretty good. Uh, the uh, what's the, uh, the the fucking case? The prince. That's what it is. Prince uh, loads the briefcase so it's gonna blow up and detonate. Yeah. And they finally get to the station, and White Death hands it off to one of his other associates to deal with it. And they get over in the corner, and they're like. Man, what the fuck? We gotta open this thing. There's a bomb in here, and he's like, "Don't be a pussy, just open." These <laughs> masks like, aren't gonna protect us. Yeah, I like, why are we fucking wearing these? These are gonna help. <laughs> That's the whole dialogue, and then it fucking blows up. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoy those little bits like that where they they do like the uh, like the little side play of things. Uh, it just makes it more grounded, I think. And just need to hear how it plays out. I love this movie. It's it a romp. I, I don't know. I, I I haven't watched it. I mean, I think I'd have to watch it enough times to then find something that be a little annoying about it. But it probably speaks very much to my my own personality of, oh well, this movie was made for Jingle Keys, <laughs> like you said. Yeah. So. Um. At the end of the day, though, I can't recommend this movie more highly. I, I really think anyone would. It's just two hours of just pure pixie stick energy entertainment just, just i mean it's great it's on netflix you might as well go watch it that's that's what i say i recommend it to everyone yeah yep 
yeah, strong yeah. recommendation for me as well. Probably my favorite movie from 2022. It's definitely in the, the consideration. Because Banshee's in a, in a Sharon is also really good, but just in a different way. Uh, but, it's in my top three, at least. Yeah, I, I was going to say top three to top five, for sure. I'm having the argument and placing it. I Probably number one, if not number two. But, yeah. Okay. Well, then, um, I guess we can move on to... Anyone got news? Anyone got... Uh... What, what have you been playing and watching in junk? I know we got that Resident Evil 4 demo. I'm sure everyone's got boner for. I haven't, played it yet. I haven't had time yet. I'm going to play yeah. it after we get off here. As we're recording, it is out today. So if you're listening to this after the fact, that won't mean anything to you. But if you're watching this live, it's uh, it's out. I guess go download it. That's what they say. Um, yeah. Anyone play or watch it? Zach, would you watch, play, do, read? Watch, play, do, read. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still playing control, chip chipping away at that game. Um, the again, it's it, the way the story kind of works in that game is it just drops you in the middle of a story, and you learn it as you go. Hmm. And a big plot point just got revealed where, um, like, the this whole time uh, Jesse Faden is is kind of talk speaking to somebody like like telepathically or something. And you think it's like her brother or whatever, but it turns out it's somebody else or something else entirely. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> and it's uh, in some way it's like kind of been guiding her this whole time to to this this point. And uh, I can't say much else than that because it's hmm. still kind of a new game, and I don't want to, you know. Yeah, I haven't played it yet. I even yeah. installed it on my Series X. And I was like, I'm going to play this soon, and then stuff got in the way. Yeah, so. I have it on PlayStation. Have yet to play it, but I know the spoiler, unfortunately, but. I don't, I'm not gonna say anything either, but yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's anything. It's spoiled for me, but that's okay. I, I I'd like to play it at some point, and it's then not, I, I'll go ahead. I'm, I didn't I didn't spoil anything really. I just no, you didn't. I kept it as much. I I I want to say anything either. I, no, I agree. You you were very subtle. I, I okay. think it was very appreciative. Uh, the there's another thing too of like what it ties into because there's another game franchise. I guess it tie like it's supposed to be within the same universe of that game right. or something. Alan Wake know. and Quantum Break. Yeah, yeah, they're all all in the same Connected. group, which that makes sense because it's all the same developer. So. Now, they're, now they're all going to be in a weird Remedy Smash Brothers or Remedy shit. Universe. <laughs> um, that's kind of cool, though. I mean, that's like a that's an approach. No, I like that a lot. Yeah, not really been done in video games necessarily before. Um, I've also I haven't really watched been watching anything lately, uh, but I've been reading and I finished my uh, big. Venom separation anxiety uh, uh, trade. Um, pretty good stuff. Pretty, pretty solid, you know, early 90s kind of stuff. The art's pretty good. Um, poor Remedy has hard time with sales. They do. They, they kind of do. I think Control probably sold the best out of all their games. Though. That's the impression I got. I think it's done the best, but uh, yeah, they they like remastered Alan Wake, and I remember being like, "Oh, sweet, I'm excited for that." And, and I like, think it came out, it. and like I don't even remember hearing about it. I don't know anyone who bought it. I don't know anyone who played it. And yeah. I'm part of the problem. I was like, "I'll buy that," and then like, here I am. I just, I don't even know if that yeah, sure. it almost got like overshadowed by the fact that they immediately would said that, and then write Alan Wake two. Yeah, like that didn't help. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it goes over different parts of uh. uh Venom, Eddie Brock's story where he like breaks away from kind of being a, a villain. He becomes like an anti-hero kind of deal. 
there's it even crosses over with uh with Ben Riley's story, the early part of his story where he just starts trying to uh, uh fight crime even though he tries very hard to avoid doing it. It's in his it's in his genetic code to, to be Spider Man. <laughs> because he's a real Spider Man until he's or is, not. Or is he? You know, honestly, I I was like I, I get what they were doing with him. I I like his costume. It's it's cool. It's very nineties. He's like, you know what? I'm just gonna like wear this red thing and I'm gonna get a fucking hoodie with a spider on it. Yeah, fucking got, sleeves came off. Oh, and I got pouches yeah. and shit. It's cool. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, cool. it's it's rad rad nineties grunge. Weird, yeah. He just needed Zubaz and he'd been set. <laughs> there's, some, there's a Spider-Verse Spider-Man somewhere wearing Zubaz pants and a fucking fanny pack. Let's go. Yeah, and no shirt. No fucking shirt. His skin's just red. But uh, it also dealt with, like, the symbiotes. You remember how there was, like, other symbiotes besides Venom or yeah. Carnage and, like, they split off and they were all trying to, like, kill him for some reason? I finally got to experience that story that, that was in that, so. Uh, they were pretty much like at some weird life foundation organization was like uh, working for the government. And they're like, we can use these symbiotes to create super soldiers and they'll follow orders and shit. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it makes, it makes people crazy uh, apparently. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all were trying to find uh, uh, venom so they could learn how to communicate with their symbiotes instead of them driving them crazy. Cause that's what happens. And uh, they they all failed, <laughs> so, because it turned out one of them was crazy the whole time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it was like it's solid. Uh, but I moved on, and I'm reading a uh, uh, Catwoman Volume Two by Jim Baylor. Uh, Chuck Dixon is writing a lot of these stories, and it's crazy. It gets into like it's weird. I got it, it gets into bullet train esque territory <laughs> with some of the writing. Where she's trying to do this job, and then like it's bungled because these other losers come in. They 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 honed in on her her uh, job or whatever without her knowing about it. It all screws up in some bad luck ladybug faction, and she gets like caught by the police. And then some unknown government agency gets her and recruits her to steal shit for the government, or they'll kill her with a cyanide capsule they surgically planted in her arm. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it gets kind of crazy. It reminds me of a Punisher story a little bit. Yeah, and uh, she has to like she has to do a little bit of globe trotting and, and stealing stuff for the government. It turns this whole other thing where uh, I think she's trying to steal a crown from a uh, Eastern Bloc country, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, that guy is enamored with her, gets her captured that she was trying to steal from, and is like, "I must marry you." <laughs> because you tried to steal from me, you had the balls to steal from me. I don't, I don't know. There's something there, but like, yeah, uh, it's it's fun though. It's 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 fun. Ninety stuff in the art is is great. Uh, people shit talk Jim Balant for some reason, uh, but I feel like he's gotten a bad rap after actually seeing some of his artwork. I don't know. People get mad about tits, <laughs> and. That's all the stuff I did, other than the news thing, which I'll get to when we're done talking about all the stuff we do. Well, okay. Uh, Chaz, are you going to regale us with tales of Pokemon cards gained and lost? I mean, yeah. I might. Okay, well, before we get into got? that, I'll burn all my <laughs> stuff down then. Because that, 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 that'll be the star right there. Um, I tried to play a bunch of Silent Hill 2. I played a teeny tiny bit, but I, I just haven't had a lot of time. I've been doing a lot of home improvement. 
garbage lately. I mean, for those watching on video, you can see behind me, I got a bunch of trash all over the place, a ladder and all my tools lying around. And I didn't realize this trash can was going to be in the shot, but hey, there it is. Um, but I did play a little bit of Silent Hill too. Uh, I'm screwing around in the prison right now, and it's scary. Um, I've been playing more Warrior Land 3 also, whenever I'm like not at home or I'm just in bed or something. Uh, I thought that game was going to be like a nice, easy little jaunt. That game is long as hell. Like, I keep thinking, surely I'm going to beat this game soon. I looked it up finally. I'm at like 62% or something. Jesus Christ. Um, I watched a movie called Throw Down. Came out in 2004. It's a Hong Kong movie. It's about this guy who loves judo and he challenges people to judo fights just like in the street. Just he just finds people who are good at judo. He's like, We're gonna have a judo match, motherfucker. And then they just fight. We're gonna throw down. We're gonna throw down. It's Jack Lorette. That's why the movie's called Throw Down. I mean, it's judo. It's all about throws. Yeah. And uh, he wants to challenge this guy who's like now a drunk and he just like owns this club. And also there's a woman in it who is having trouble with money, but she wants to be a starlet. And it's really hard to explain the story without like explaining the story for the next five minutes. And I'm not going to subject anyone to that, but the movie's really cool. It's really worth watching. There's a lot of pretty cool Judy fights in it. And uh, it's got some really cool um, music in it. It's like they're playing jazz, but also it's, kind of contemporary 2004 Hong Kong nonsense because it's in Hong Kong. It's just like an interesting setting and there's lots of Oriental kind of nonsense. And I don't know. It's a fun movie. It's a good old time, but I found out that it was the director's homage to the original. Cause at the end it says uh, for Akira Kurosawa, it's an homage to Kurosawa's very first movie, Sensiro Sugata. So uh, that night I decided, well, you know, I just watched Sensiro Sugata too. Why not? Uh, I hadn't seen it since college. The movie's better than I remember. Like I couldn't remember what happened in it, but uh, it came out during World War II in, J- in Japan, clearly. And it was supposed to be like, you know, make make the Japanese feel good about themselves. It's a very nationalistic kind of thing. And I guess the version of it that came out in 1943 was butchered by the Japanese film board in 1944. And the footage was lost for like a really long time. And even at the beginning of the movie, it says... Uh, this movie was edited without the consent of the director or the, the staff. This is the best we could manage. And it came out in like 1952. It's like, this is, this is all we've got. Well, there's like another version of the movie that has some of the scenes put back in because when the Russians were invading Manchuria in 1945, they found a cut of this film that had a bunch of that stuff in it. They just put it on a truck, sent it back to Moscow and put it in like a film archive where it stayed until the wall fell. And then Japanese, film producers or archivists or something went to Moscow, found it, cut out just the stuff they needed, and then reinserted it into a version in Japan that plays on Japanese television occasionally. And I thought, well, great. Now it's not going to be subtitled or something. But no, it turns out there's like an Australian DVD release that has them in it. So Now i got to import a goddamn Australian DVD or something. It's it's, it's like the one-time Criterion dropped the ball on something. What an international quagmire. I know. It's like learning fuck? about it was extremely interesting. Like, I want to tell you about how good the movie is. The movie is actually pretty cool. This but movie's about J- Japan. There are big chunks of it that's like, like characters just like turn up. There's like a bad guy that he's like an evil judo or uh, evil um, jujitsu guy because like judo is an offshoot of jujitsu. And the plot is uh, there's this guy who just wants to be a great martial artist and he's like a cocky prick all the time. And his master kind of teaches him humility a little bit. And then the whole second half of the movie is about uh, the Metropolitan Police are going to hold a tournament. Whoever wins the tournament, 
they're going to get like the contract to teach the police martial arts. The, the, the Metropolitan Police are like, look, we need. Oh, it takes place in 1882. That's important too. But the police are like, the police are like, "Eh, we need to teach all the officers something. What's best? Uh, All of you martial arts guys get together and figure it out. We're going to have a big tournament. And uh, there's like some guy who's like a real jerk. And I guess his daughter falls in love with Senshiro. But that whole part of the movie is missing. So it's just like they're at the tournament. And some guy's like, you you love his daughter, don't you? And you're like, he loves who? What are you talking about? Like, it's just there's a lot of that kind of stuff in it. But there's a really at the, the end of the movie, they just have this big judo showdown, like on top of a hill in like rustling grass, and there's like loud wind the whole time. It's, it's bad as hell. It's great. Um, but I recommend it. But it's it's harder to watch. Like I said, it's a black and white movie. It's from 1943, and it's missing a bunch of shit. So I don't know if you if you like old film, if you like Japanese stuff, if you like Kurosawa, watch it. But otherwise, I just watch Throwdown. That's what I would say. Uh, I finished Clarkson Farm. Again, it's the kind of thing that I love, but it's really hard to tell people why I love it. It's just literally a show about farming. <laughs> but it was really good. I liked it anyway. And um, I don't know. That's mostly it. I did a bunch of home improvement. I listened to. Um, Jim Cornette talk about wrestling for a while. <laughs> I forgot go. about that. All the lies the Hulk Hogan has told over the years. Not just that. Like, oh, Zach, man. Zach hooked me up with, with two of his podcasts, and I was listening to one oh, yeah. he was talking Drive about through. after an AEW. Um, CM Punk came out, and he was all butthurt about some guy betrayed him. And like, I learned a lot, but at the same time, I was like, they would say stuff like something about page page this i was like who's page and then later they said adam page i was like who the fuck's adam page i still don't know (laughs) and every once in a while he would use like uh an acronym for like i don't know if it's a stable or something like a group of guys that are he doesn't like i guess in AEW. i i don't know but i i did learn a lot i like i learned about like where punk's head is at and he's frustrated there's so many like children as he puts it and I guess someone sh- sh- did a uh, did a promo and they said something mean about him. I, I don't know. <laughs> Ad Page did. That's what started all this. Was but what do you, like? Isn't that his job? Is to like get heat or something? Like no. I, don't, I don't know. It, it was still really interesting, but without the context, I was just kind of lost. And then he started talking about the actual event, and I tuned out because I was like, "Well, I didn't watch this. I guess." So I'm just going to listen to the other thing now. You told me to give you random episodes. Was, no, I mean it was still it was still entertaining. I was entertained throughout, but I was just confused. I was I was <laughs> set adrift in a sea of wrestling. It's hard. Yeah. Have to get yeah. in context. That's tough. Yeah, but, it's yeah. kind of tough to be thrown right in the middle of it all. Yeah, that, I mean, I understand you got to start somewhere. I, I appreciated the fact that they actually play the clips of Punk at the um, media scrum. Like that that helped a lot. Um, when that was happening, he's an at the interesting time. talker. He's just he's a good talker. He says interesting stuff, and he's he was clearly pissed off. <laughs> when that was happening at the time, like when you were plugged in, you had all the context for everything. Like it was like, holy shit, what is he doing? Like yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, things like they're on fire, and he just like fucking melted the earth. He's like, nope, we're done. I just bombed the city and left. These <laughs> yeah. fucking muffins. Oh well, oh, here we are. So fucking good. So good. <laughs> the fucking the pickles. The fucking so he's referring to the uh pay per view that just happened. MJF did a media scrum and was basically just like mocking CM Punk. 
was like so eight is pickles. He, is he injured or did he quit or a puck's he injured? But he's also he also maybe like the injury was fortuitous because it'll probably cover him being off anyway, so whatever. But like right. His it's, fate it's, is still kind of undetermined. I exactly. Guess. But yeah, he had a pretty long term injury after having an injury already, so his body's broken from all that, that abuse by, by the Vince circus. But well, I, I tried to learn. I learned some, but I did not learn all. That's why I was trying to probe your mind to be like, is there a certain topic you want to learn about? Is there like, you know, this or that? Because that probably would have been better. Yeah, that, that old shit. Old, old, old stuff. What's, you should have said Old that. territory stuff. Old Monday Night War stuff. Stuff like that. That's what yeah. you should have said. Well, there's plenty of good stuff. Yeah, he covers a lot. His, his, his stuff's pretty good. But yeah, but Chaz, what did what did you do in the time well, since we last spoke on the internet? I have a lot to cover. I'm glad that we're. Oh only... yeah, and we all played a bunch of like arcade games and shit. Whatever. Good. I'm glad you covered it. I was like, uh, there's something all of us did together. <laughs> I played the Rush pinball game. God damn it! <laughs> I played the Deadpool pinball game, and I beat Juggernaut. I beat his ass. It's great. Uh, but yeah, uh, as far as video games, not much. Played like all of two minutes of Metroid Prime and then had to go do something else. I was like, son of a bitch, or whatever. And didn't get to do much there. Um, I have, uh, well, I'll do movies. I'll come back to Pokemon. Or actually, no, no. I'm going to start with the negative, end with the positive. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to do Pokemon because Pokemon is a, a rough sea of things at the moment, including what happened today. So we're going to just cover that now. Uh, we'll start with the good of Pokemon. But I do have a positive to end, and it's either a positive because it's something dear to my heart now and great, or it's a relief for you all. But we'll get there. Um, so yeah, uh, these things, as you can maybe see them, hold up and focus there. Or... It's not focusing, but I see Shining Charizard. Chaz is yeah, shining... a Pokemon card that's worth thousands of dollars. Yeah, uh, what the fuck? There we, we go. We can't see Gyarados. Shining no, Gyarados. He's shiny. He's, He's red. He's, He's in there. Red. He's a good boy. So yeah, I've now started my my binder with the uh, the shining cards and um, basically those in a vault, a, not a binder. Well, they'll. Well, I, I bought a actually I bought a binder that intentionally holds top loaders and these are, ah, these are triple sleeved. So they're triple sleeve top. Uh, loaders and they're in a binder of those other things. So my goal is basically to get all of the rare hollows that existed in the first and second generations. And I have made a lot of progress. Yes, he has. Um, I'm here to tell you. Yeah, I bought, a, I bought a lot of stuff. I've discovered a place to trade and up right. And then I ended up down the deep end. I don't even remember how I found this, but I was just randomly on eBay trying to like find prices. Oh, I, I remember how it happened. Um, one of the cards I was purchasing. Uh, I bought this more for fun because it's a cool promo. If you recall, the Game Boy uh, promo, I think it, I can't remember what game it was for. I th- may have been Pokemon trading card game in Japan. It did come with a promo card. Uh, but there's a Dragonite Game Boy promo card. Uh, I really wanted it. It looked cool, but I couldn't find a good price on it because there's Japanese cards are hard to find prices on sometimes. They vary a lot. Mm-hmm. And your standard things to collect just don't show them. So I went on eBay. And I was there, some other random stuff come up in my feed. I went down a rabbit hole. Long story short, I found a Charizard. First edition, Shadowless Charizard. This is the Holy Grail card. This is the card that people spend a quarter million dollars on and stuff. It's got this the, the one that value. Logan Paul wears around his neck. Yeah, this is the one that, yeah, this, this is the card, right? So, um, apparently, someone had a legitimate, like, it, it was authenticated. It was real. It was uh, on auction 
starting at like a couple thousand dollars or something. It was like two days left. You make it sound like, like oh, just a couple thousand dollars. Though. Well, when you when the when the fucking card's worth a quarter million dollars and it's like sitting there for two thousand with two days left, I'm like, that's weird. I'll put watch. So I go back and look, and this card is only like eleven thousand dollars with like an hour left. And I'm like, the fuck's happening? Is anyone bidding on this? So if I spend the next fifty five minutes convincing my wife that this would be a sensible purchase, <laughs> and then I get the five minutes left. Investment, yeah, because we can we can invest and just flip it, right? I'm like, listen, if I buy this, this card is worth like just looking now. Even if I wanted to lowball it, I could sell this card for like hundred and fifty thousand dollars. We just, you know, if I buy it for twenty or twenty five, we, we just made a bunch of money. It's fun. I'm gonna flip it, so it's cool and I, whatever. So, um, get down to the last few minutes, and it's quickly shot up to like fifteen, sixteen thousand. Um, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to do the, the cool thing. I'm going to wait and like 10 seconds left. I'm going to go ahead and put my purchase and I'm going to go ahead and bid a little over what I think it'll be worth at the time that it's there because you, you want to overshoot it. So I get to those final seconds. It's like 25, 30 seconds left and it's like at 21,000 and I'm being realistic. I'm like, okay, if I really got this card for 30 grand or something around that price, like it would be okay. And it's already climbed now to 23, 24. So I'm like, I'm just going to put in a number and it like auto generates some of those. So I just chose the one that auto generated, which was like the 27, I think I picked 27, 400 or something to that effect or 28, 400, whatever it was. And uh, I clicked my bid in and finalized it with like three or four seconds left. And then the thing ended and I thought I was maybe going to win it. And it came up and someone had outbid me by a couple hundred dollars. I was like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I'm so mad. But it was like, it was kind of fun. Like, like the weird adrenaline rush, which is probably not good because it's like, ooh, I'm going get, to get this good high feeling spending a bunch of money on this. Um, and Suzanne's like, yay, our savings account. But uh, yeah, so that was that was the ups and downs of that. It was a whole roller coaster. Um, and to be clear, there have been no actual posts of, of true authenticated PSA 10. Uh, I guess I, I didn't say that too. This, this card was already graded as a perfect 10. Like, that's how they authenticate it. So this is a true, like, perfect mint card. Like, these are the cards that do get graded, and it makes sense. You don't grade a fucking common Pikachu that you make. It's stupid. Was this, it, I can't remember. Was it Shadowless or no? Yeah, so the so the difference between the Charizards, most people if they have one, it won't it won't have any symbol at all. The border around the the right side of the card, like the actual image, will have a shadow, and it have no other symbols. Right, a shadowless Charizard is one that only you can find in English, uh, and it doesn't have a first edition symbol. It's like weird. They printed like another set of them, and it does not have the shadow border on the right but it also doesn't have the first edition symbol and true first edition cards all have the first edition symbol and they're shadowless, uh, at least in base set after base set, no cards are shadowless. They're, uh, they got rid of that. They, they, they put the shadow on everything. So funny enough, we made the joke about Machamp. Uh, we were all hanging out. So Machamp, every Machamp has a first edition stamp. It's unique in that, but they do make a shadowless Machamp. So you can get a, a true first edition Machamp versus just like the regular one that has the both the shadow and the other. And of course, that's the cheap one. The other one's like the more valued one. But, um, but nevertheless, uh, didn't get it, but that's okay. I've actually gotten a lot of other cool cards. Uh, of course, the Shining Charizard that I picked up, uh, that, that was a neat one. So if people don't know, the grading stuff's kind of weird. And grading is just an odd thing anyway, like, 
because in some cases it's kind of a scam. It's all subjective, but when you get to really high value cards, it's kind of worth it. Um, for instance, this is an unlimited shot of our uh, shining Charizard versus the first edition one. And even just there without it being graded, it's worth about 1500, but for some reason graded at like, uh, I think, I think it was graded at a six, which is like lightly played graded at a six it's worth like $650, $700. It makes no sense. It's like you're better, unless the card's just actually mint, it's better just to keep it ungraded. So that's how that worked. I bought a slab and then opened it, and it was worth more than double because there's, ungraded, it's fine. There's so few of some of these things being sold, it's affecting the price kind of outrageously too. Just out yeah. of curiosity, I wanted to see, I, I use price charting for all my, my video game nonsense. Uh-huh. And they've added cards now they got trading cards mm -hmm. on there so charizard first edition psa 10 uh in december was worth three hundred and six thousand dollars. however that one that you bid on is listed on here now it ended up selling at twenty eight thousand seven hundred one dollars fifty cents and that dragged the price all the way down to an average of thirty six thousand seven hundred and sixty six so yeah. It lost what is it two hundred and forty thousand dollars worth of value just just from one eBay sell yeah. and before that back in August it was at seventy three thousand before it jumped to three hundred six thousand so yeah I, I think there's so few of these things selling it's just like jumping all over the place I mean well, uh, I, I, well, I, I find all this stuff frustratingly interesting I'm never I don't want any graded trading cards I don't want any graded video games but mm -hmm. I like knowing what the hell's going on with them it's just yeah. interesting yeah well and to be fair like the charizard one's like a weird exclusion because it is just so outrageously expensive and it's yeah, just no, it's, jumping like so you much said, it's the card like right you can like, have one pokemon card it's that well and it, it to help like people understand too like 2018 this card was worth like twenty thousand and had like stayed like persistently around that fifteen to twenty thousand dollar range and then just randomly there were people like there were influencers and celebrities that wanted this card like it was a cool thing now to like have trading cards because that generation who grew up with them had them. And there were literally like people going out and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to find and acquire one. And that shot the price up. And then COVID happened. And then collecting in general just skyrocketed. Yeah, so at one point, yeah, so at one point, like, like the Charizard card was worth like 400 plus. Like it's crazy. Um, most of the other cards, though, like the grading stuff's weird. And people, again, I agree with you. I personally don't like getting slabs like i have no intention of getting a slab and keeping it that way i'm trying to buy slabs in the case of these cards are in great to good condition like they would be just looked at and said they're either light lightly played plus or near mint but they're actually worth more if they're ungraded like that than they are in the slab because weird. the grading process is weird that's, so that's what's interesting to me is like what's what's the threshold the threshold seems to be from seven to eight it, it mm -hmm. ends up mattering if it's graded, but otherwise you're just wasting your time and money. Right. But so yeah, the card at base needs to be worth a certain amount and then it's graded. For instance, one card I have on the way that I'd purchased, uh, the okay. value. Yeah. Well, the, we learned our lesson. We'll get there. We're still, we're still not there yet, but, uh, it's the first edition white dragonite and it is a PSA eight, I think PSA eight or nine. And it is valued, depending on the collection, like I it had to range it because three different sites had three different prices for it, but it ranged at that grading uh, between like 220 to like 350. And the, we sold, we settled on like the value at 300 whenever we like did our pricing, finalizing and stuff. Ungraded, that card's like 450 to $700. Oh, so just, 
because it's just not available. People can't find it. So it's like, why, why have a, but then if you had a 10, you'd be like, Oh, this is $2,000 card. You can just make up the price. Cause who has a, a fucking PSA 10 of this card? So it just, I, I, it's, it's crazy weird, but yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I could I could really talk about this grading nonsense like all night. I just find it fascinating. But you have a whole nother Pokemon story, I believe. Oh uh, yeah. So in within the confines of this, and it actually has to do with the grading. One of the deals I had I had gotten was to get uh, a a set of shiny cards. Um, so these shining uh, cards from the Neo set, the original one. So I I printed them out or, or texted them out earlier. It was a shining Selby Mewtwo. Uh, Noctile and Tyranitar, as well as the first edition uh, original Ho-Oh and Lugia, uh, and they were all like PSA seven point five or better. I think like I think all of them were at least seven point five. There were a couple eights, couple nines. Um, great shape. Uh, I talked to the person you know, on the, the trading website or, or on subreddit. Uh, we came to a good deal on the price, and we came to a price that was just under like three thousand. Like value of these cards, like if Again, if you ungrade, some of them actually are about the same price, or even lose a little bit if you were to open or ungrade. Whereas the others were clearly you like double the value the moment you crack it out of the the PSA slab. So I was looking at like five thousand dollars worth of value potentially. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll do this, and you know, standard fare, got all the stuff ready. Well, that package came today, and I was so excited to open it because just to keep things short, work sucked this week. I've been on call all week. Hospital sucked. Uh, so excited! It was like Christmas Day. I had this big like set of packages. Everything was right there. I was like opening my other cards, getting everything, and I opened this package, and there's nothing but bubble wrap inside. It that is it is one of the most infuriating moments I've ever had in my life, and it just happened a few hours ago. I still like my like thinking about it now. My chest is starting to hurt. I'm so fucking mad about it. Um, but yeah, this, of course, a message person. He's like, "What do you mean?" And I've went through all this nonsense, so I've since had to go and dispute my claim with with paypal and uh credit card and um the guy's claiming oh no it was in there and i did this but i've, I've already got some details i'm gonna i'm i told my wife uh I, I jokingly said well tomorrow morning i have to go out i have to go buy a, uh, a pipe and a deer stalker and then i'm gonna go to the post office i'm gonna make a big scene sherlock holmes style and prove that this this man is, is a fraud so but, this is all fresh now. Like you probably haven't communicated with anyone Reddit wise, right? Uh, no, I mean I've I've said some stuff to the moderators there, but the, I mean honestly they're not going to do too much. Uh, but that that all being said, I, I wanted to you know get settled out at this point. Like I feel safe because I already knew there were safeguards in the the purchasing options I'm using and my credit line, like I'm going to get my money back. I'm not worried about that. It's more of the principle of like screwing people over, not to mention like it totally ruined my, my day. Like it just ruined my evening. I had all the other stuff I had to do. Um, it's ru- I just yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, you money. It's great. Couch entertainments. Uh, I just got one, two, three, like eight messages all at once. So I don't know if that's, steam yard or what but i wasn't ignoring you buddy sorry about that. yeah but uh so as far as uh what to do now the what i've come up with is there is actually i'll even pull it up i have i still have my evidence here and i was like actually debating like how much did i want to go into this Do i want to like just rage and like hulk out on this guy on here and talk about like i could talk about how i would make him eat his family uh <laughs> peel his fingernails off but 
I'm not crazy. I'm a nice person. I take care of people. And that would be a really horrible thing to say when I don't mean it. So instead, I, I want to just make fun of his haircut. And uh, and you're a bad person. Um, but for real, though, anyone listening, if you do look at that user. Oh, what is his name? Now I got to look it up now so I can just say, beware this Nike person. Shoes or it was like Sport or... Sport Nike, I think, was the, the name. But yeah. Sport Nike. Sport Nike. I know it just sounds like so sketchy but people have weird redditor names anyway and most of them are like really like gross anyway it was like yeah, I mean, like, half of the redditor names are like shove charizard in my ass 80 percent of redditors someone's like having like a very like enlightened conversation like about politics or social rights and their name is like i come yeah <laughs> like, that's that's the best yeah, that's part of reddit's <laughs> charm yeah no, they'll so say something see, very intelligent their username will be something so as you can see, this box, uh, of course, I've, I have left it as I've opened it. And, of course, the first thing the Redditor asked, do you videotape you open it? Well, I will fucking the rest of my life, apparently. I will never open a goddamn box ever again without recording it. So, apparently, that's the thing you have to do. But, for real, I did, and I learned my lesson there. But uh, there's, like, this weird, like, suspiciously, like, it's too clean to, like, actually seem like someone took the time to like break into the box and cut it. And it's also covered in the exact same tape that was used on the original packaging. So it's fairly obvious this person cut a hole in it to after they sealed it, took the cards out, or, or made it look like they were that. They planted it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the post office and I'm going to find out what the weight of the box is because this box weighs like nothing. It's, it is less than a pound. I'm waving it around. The slabs are heavy as fuck. Each slab weighs like half a pound, if not more. So it was six slabs. There, There is no way that that box would have held that. And I can prove based on the weight of the box when he weighs it that either A, he you know, turned in a box that didn't have it in there, or B, if he did, then someone really did open that box up and take him out. So either way, we'll figure it out. But it's more the principle of, of everything. Just hate the people trying to scam others out. Um, and just crappy. It sucks because I was like so looking forward to showing this off today too, um, but uh, it is what it is. I'm going to be going to a trading expo in the following week uh, or so, like a, a little over a week from now. I'm hoping to find some good stuff when I'm there. Um, but I have gotten a lot of other good things. I, I've actually I finished all of the original Black Star Watsi promos, including the weird like trainer cards that like there's some stadium trainer cards on the original stadium started to be printed and they're worth like an outrageous amount of money. Uh, so got those. That's pretty neat. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it for Pokemon cards. Uh, so the thing that really matters that we need to talk about guys, I finished Naruto. Believe it. Believe it. I finished Naruto. If it, if anything, it just felt good to just be done with the show. But I immediately started watching Boruto. So now I'm like seven episodes into Boruto. You're not even going to like give it a, a little while to settle before you fucking, like a buffer before you go to the next. You're just going right in. I, I couldn't because it just ended in such like a nice, like lighthearted way. I was like, oh yeah, I want to keep watching. This is great. I want to see how this keeps going because it's about, Boruto's about his son and it's his family and he's... He had a son? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what Boruto yeah, is. That's what Bo- Boruto. Boruto is his son. I just can't imagine that weird spaz procreating. I don't Isn't know. he like the Hokage now? He and is. He is the Hokage. He's married and to the woman with the gray eyes or something. Hinata, yeah, he marries Hinata. So, uh, yeah, the story, the actual like conflict and stuff ends fairly early. 
uh, in like the series, like they not early, early. Like I mean, there were like thirty episodes left when, or twenty five episodes whenever the final battle and stuff happened. Uh, which I, I won't go into like spoiling any of that for anybody. Total like mind fucking where they go with that too. They they basically like God reincarnates itself in a weird way, and then they have to def- reseal God. He's like, no, God, you're drunk. Go back. Uh, uh, go back to the moon, you you, you simple bitch. And it's like, it's a, yeah, like that's basically what happens. Send her back to the moon, and then uh, sounds like a PlayStation One game. It, yeah, well, yeah kind of. Uh, but then, and then of course you think everything's cool because he and Sakura, or not Sakura, uh, Sasuke did it together, and Sakura helped, and he and Sasuke are like the destined like people that are reincarnated or something. And then Sasuke's like, "Nah, I want everybody to, I want all the fucking Hokage and, and all, all the Kage to die and the Kazakage, and then I'll become Hokage and I'll teach everybody how to do it in sake of vengeance." And they fight, and then uh, you said you weren't going to get into it, but you're basically spoiling the whole end of the series right now. Yeah, I guess I am. Yep. And uh, well, anyway, uh, we already covered like uh, he became Okage, so I was like, oh well, big age things happen. But uh, yeah, the good guys win. No kidding. In the show, <laughs> no sure. shit. <laughs> but the la- the very like last bits of episodes are about like him getting married, and the last movie is an entire movie showing how they like fall in love, which was really cool. Um, I thought it was a neat little movie. Like usually the movies are like they don't really matter that much in terms of the main plot. But then they, then they uh, did matter. So I thought it was kind of cool. Um, and then Bor- Boruto so far has been a little weird. It's fine because it's almost like resetting the whole thing and starting over. But then it's kind of – it's interesting to see how the other characters that were involved play into it and how they're involved now. But it, at least early on they haven't gotten anything. It's He's like a little bit of a shit. But here's what they get you. The very first scene in the very first episode of Boruto, it shows the, like, it looks like it's from the future. It shows an adult version of Boruto, and he's got his little thing on, he's fighting somebody, and the guy's talking about ending the ninja way, and he's wearing a thing, and he's carved out, like, his village, like, and usually that's when people, like, have, like, left and forsaken themselves or whatever. Yeah, go ahead and commit suicide, it's fine. You have to listen to it, you did it to yourself. Uh... But then uh, everything behind him is, like, destroyed. So it, it literally shows, like, this whole foreshadow of he's going to grow up and be involved in, like, how everything's destroyed. And he's, like, rogue ninja. And then, like, but when I was a kid, and then it starts to go back to that. And I'm like, well, shit, now I want to know what happens. So I don't know if I'm going to keep watching it. And that's where I'm at. I uh, I did come to a realization recently, though. Um, whenever you guys talk about wrestling, I, like, tune out and I want to die. But now I'm like, hey, sure, shoot me some Jim Cornette podcast. Just sure, and you know, I'll watch some stuff. I think it's because I found a worse evil. <laughs> Naruto. Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and honestly, I, I don't hate Naruto that bad. It's fine. It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like something yeah. I should be listening to, like a nephew explain to me or something. But so is Pokemon. So I don't know. A hypocrite. Yeah. Damn hypocrite. Yeah, that's okay. We're actually all talking about Naruto because he does fun stuff and he, and he believes in himself and he does rhyming and other too. This is Meatwad's review of Naruto. Sorry, this is Meatwad, baby. This is Meatwad. Listen, I am 30 or 40 this, years old and I do not need this. That's it, his nephew. We're going to talk about whatever we want. Meatwad's correct. Ugh. Is that and fuck that. And fuck that guy. His bad haircut screwing me out of cards. Yeah. Yeah, he, he wanted to come back to news. He was like, we'll come back to news after we talk about the trials of Pokemon cards. 
But yeah. I didn't really play any games. I think I played Rock Band for a hot minute or something. I don't know. Well, I can't Rock remember. Band's not a real game. Yeah, it's just the way of life. <laughs> yeah, there was news. Uh, uh, earlier this morning, uh, this story broke all over the gaming news sites that Capcom, or not Capcom, uh, GameStop canceled all the collector's editions for Resident Evil 4. I want to know more about this. So and bad. gave, like, no explanation for why. They're just like, uh, Dear GameStop customer, we regret to inform you that uh, your pre-order for Resident Evil 4 Collector's Edition has been canceled. At first, they only canceled all the in-store ones, and then a few hours later, they canceled they're all the, online ones as well. All, so so they've canceled gone. every pre-order for Resident Evil 4 Remake Collector's Edition for yeah. a reason that we don't know. That they won't yeah. say. You ready? you ready for this? I almost had one of those pre-orders. I was there to get the collector's edition, and the in, in store, and the fucking machine like broke. And I was sitting there for like twenty minutes waiting for it, and I had, couldn't wait anymore. I had to go because I had to like go get Evie. So, uh, yeah, because I had to pick my daughter up. I was like, ah, I'll just come back later and get it, and I never did. So hey, I avoided it. Bullet dodged. Thank uh, you, shitty computer at the local GameStop. For- yeah. Um. They, uh, I feel like their reputation isn't going to take many hits like this at this point. Like, everyone's no. kind of already fed up with GameStop at this point, and then they pull this kind of shit. Like, I mean, I just, I mean, I already didn't want to pre order from them anymore, but now I double don't want to. No. I, I feel like the whole stonks thing saved them at one point. Like, yeah, that, no, that thing that, that basically kept them afloat financially. They had yeah. record breaking stock prices, and then they laid off, I think it was 15% of their retail workforce. Like a few months later, so everyone was kind of like, "What the fuck, you man? What are you doing? Like, you have money yeah. now, and you're laying people off, and they're still making decisions like this, and they still suck hard." That, that was just, hard. I, I can't like cite a news source for that, but they just do. But this, I, I've been reading people talk about this and stuff, and apparently, this isn't the first time this has happened. This has been happening multiple times with other games. But what do, what do they do? Do they just cancel them all and then ship them to stores anyway? Is it because they don't have enough, or is it because something else? That I don't know about. I haven't dug that deeply into that part of it. Uh, all I know is so far they gave zero explanation. Some people seem to think that uh, they canceled them all because they couldn't afford the shipment of it. I don't. That doesn't sound right to me. Isn't yeah, it uh, exclusive to them as well? No, uh, you could get it on like Amazon. And oh, really? Prob- okay, I was. You could probably you could probably get it on Best Buy too, but I don't really sh- I don't really shop through Best Buy for video game stuff. So I have seen speculation over the years. People have accused Nintendo of doing this, and people have accused Limited Run of doing this, and people I saw people accusing GameStop of this. Now they say they'll they'll hold back product and or cancel pre-orders and then sell it after the fact through third-party sources because the price has gone way up. I saw people trying to imply that GameStop wanted to do that, but I doubt they would cancel all pre-orders if that's what they were trying to do. It's like they just they just canceled the whole skew. Yeah, it's like the fuck. But uh, yeah, I was I was pissed and I didn't even have one. I was gonna get one of these. It was gonna be through Amazon, but uh, I was too slow. I didn't have the uh, I didn't have the fluid cash available to be able to do it right then. Well, on Amazon, they don't charge you until ships. Uh no, still yet I was in like a situation where I couldn't I couldn't do that guaranteed. Oh, okay. So sometimes I pre-order stuff on Amazon, not knowing if I'll get it, and I'll just cancel it later. I just wanted to have the chance to do it, like all this rare Nintendo horseshit. <laughs> yeah, 
But uh, yeah, it's kind of fucked. Uh, I feel sorry for everybody that uh, pre-ordered that and didn't get it. See, the the remake uh, collector's editions have been pretty cool. I've basically wanted every one that they've done, and I have none of them. I have nothing to show for it. <laughs> so, yeah. No, they got uh, statues, right? They get statues. They got a cool statue. Um, I forget which one it is. I think two or three came with a little item, the the item box in the game that had all the stuff in it. Uh, they have like a map for the police station. I would have framed that bitch and put it up somewhere in my house. Uh, would have framed that bitch. Yeah. Dang. And uh, RE3 had similar stuff too. Uh, but this one had. You had really cool Leon statues, some other things. But some people aren't getting them now. <laughs> it sounds like no one is. <sighs> no, I yep. think other people are. Just uh, Yeah, same here. Like I said, I wanted all of them. So I don't got any other news, though. That's that's all I have. Um, did Capcom announce anything exciting a few hours ago? Does anyone know? Yeah. We touched on that already. Uh, okay, sweet. <laughs> no, we, we had a were, demo. Yeah. We were mentioning at the top there. Yeah, they did a little uh, Capcom digital event thing, and they said, oh, here you go, guys. Demo's out for Resident Evil 4. Uh, no time limit, by the way, because uh, t- typically every demo they put out for Resident Evil has had a time limit on it. That's done. Like an hour. I don't know why. Yeah, finally, they're yeah. like, nope, you know what? No more time limit. They I know must, exactly they why they, they were trying to like, drive up FOMO or something. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, this one makes sense. The, when you say time limit, you mean uh, like time on why it's up, right? The time limit of, that allows you to play the game. Yeah. Uh, it, it has a built-in, like, when you start the file, yeah. you're on a timer. So, right, so it's not, but this one doesn't. But there's a reason why this one doesn't too, because they aren't. I'm assuming they're just doing the opening again, right? It's the iconic opening to Resident Evil Four. Yeah, cool. it, it's literally called the Chainsaw Demo. So I just assumed it's just you're oh, gonna do the village is it scene again. With a boss fight against the the Chainsaw Man. I assume yeah, it just ends out of that first chapter or that little section does not- where you fight him and it, like you have to fight him for so long and like fight the village villagers and the chainsaw guy comes after you and then it ends because the bell rings or whatever i'm assuming it's where's everyone going bingo if they take that away from me i'll never forgive them he still, <laughs> he still has some uh some one-liners but uh it's not gonna be like you know one for one like the original so. like just keep the keep the really good ones in there like i don't yeah. i don't need i don't need Luis talking about well, the president equipped his daughter with ballistics. That's fine. You can take that from me, but do not take bingo from me. Some people are mad that they took away all the panty shots from Ashley. I saw that someone did like an extensive Facebook post that was like, <laughs> you can't, you can't see it on the ladder. You can't see it during flip events. You can't see it during this event. She won't call you a pervert. You can't do this. It's like a list of like fourteen things. It's like. Dude, touch grass. <laughs> yeah, you need to go somewhere else, man. Go. Oh, he's funny. I don't. I mean, I don't blame him a little bit. I mean, her I mean, panties are yeah, they're a little I, bit more worth looking up than this one, this version of her. I, yeah. it, it just the, my my thing with it is, if he said, "Oh, they took out panty shots," I'd be like, "Yeah, you sound a little pervy when you say that," but I do get it. I do get like, "Oh, they took out something I enjoyed about this old game." But it's just the meticulous nature in which that he like had crossed. He spurred out. He spurred. 
Maybe I settled down a little bit. It's a valid criticism, but you're going about this the wrong way. You're going about it in a creep way. <laughs> Creepy way. But the yeah, other one, I'm, I'm I, excited the other about one, the game. I'm excited about that demo. The other one I've yeah. noticed is people getting real fixated on Salazar's appearance. They're all I like, like it. Like, I like I, it. I miss too. the tri corner hat, but I don't like it. I don't know. See, that's why I like this is why I'm in favor of I don't mind if a game will get remade because uh you'll still have the old one. Uh yeah. unless you're like a weirdo that that lives a weird minimalist lifestyle where you live in a domicile that contains almost nothing. <laughs> I I don't know how those people exist. <laughs> well, like those those posts where like men consider this the optimal living space, just like a folding chair, a PlayStation and a television. Oh yeah, rate my gaming yeah. stuff. And it's a fucking igloo cooler, and his fucking Vizio just sitting there, and that's it. But it's not even men. There's there's couples and fucking people that live like that. I'm like, what the fuck? Why do you all have all this space? And there's like nothing in it. It's like fucking weird. <laughs> Y'all are weird. Get things. You buy things. Come on. Things. Commit to capitalism. Yeah. God damn it. Consume product, and then get excited for next product. We didn't okay. defeat commies, so you couldn't have shit in your house. I mean, come on. Maybe they went digital. Yeah. <laughs> Buy more stuff. Anyway, uh, speaking of consuming product, uh, does anyone else have any other news? That's it, right? Yeah. Oh, um, they announced, I, I think it was today or maybe yesterday, uh, the Switch updated uh, the games that are on their Switch Online content, mm. and Metroid Fusion was added yes. to oh, yeah. the Game Boy Advance. So that's, that's a sweet pickup right there. So I just want to call that out. I, it's a great game. Oh, so. Front Mission 2 Remake comes out in uh, June. Good. The first one I was excited about, but then it had like little problems with it. So now I'm kind of hoping they learned. I'm, I want to be well, more excited this time. You, did you see the trailer? No. Oh, oh yeah. It, it's it's a lot. It looks like a lot better than what the first one does. Good. Yeah, we are talking about other other games that are coming out. Another big game that's coming out this year that got delayed. Uh, people were upset about it, but the trailer is beautiful. Uh, well, no, that because <laughs> it got delayed again. Long. That was yeah. good. And then, yeah, and then they tried to sell it like, oh, it's for some other problem. It's not because everybody. They're just polishing it. it. It's just yeah. polish. We're, Paul, we're not panicking Paul, because everyone bit our heads yeah, off over no, microtransactions. It's nobody polish. gives a fuck about that game. I'm talking about Starfield. Starfield. Okay. Uh, Starfield is officially going to be. It did get delayed, but they officially announced September 6th, I think was the date. But the I would recommend watching the trailer. The trailer is beautiful. The game was. No, it looks cool. Fucking epic. Uh, I don't know if I'll play it or not, uh, but it looks really fucking cool. So it might be cool to watch. Yeah. You'll play it anyway. I don't know. I have to be Pokemon cards. Way down the road. That's the way it's done. I'm going to be sorting Pokemon, Pokemon cards, cards for the next you, 17 fucking you years. Put them you're, in a binder. You're in on Pokemon cards. Like, I'm sorry, but you're married to Pokemon cards now. That's just your second wife. Like, you've committed. this. That You might as well put a ring on Pokemon cards. Yeah, put a ring on the Pikachu. Yeah, <laughs> but I hope to hear the continuing adventures of you trying to trying to navigate the world of of Pokemon stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, I will have final updates. Mario movie trailer. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Mario trailers real fast. Did you guys see the last one where it's like a commercial for the Mario Brothers Plumbing Company? No, well, I'm disappointed. That was normal speed. Um, 
the this this most recent trailer shows a lot of like oh they're on Rainbow Road and they're all in carts and like it looks it look you know it looks exciting like a children's movie would look whatever. The last trailer that came out though actually made me want to see the movie for the first time because all the trailers up until now have just been like poor voice acting and like big colorful candy coated environments for children. But the trailer they came out with right before this was an in universe commercial for the Mario Brothers plumbing service and it's just like a shitty made for cable commercial that they shot themselves and it looks like trash and um it's like the logos on the side of the van are like the old promotional art from super mario brothers 3 and the music they're using is from the super mario brothers super show from the late 80s so it's oh exact same music but they're singing lyrics about like coming to help you with your plumbing and there's a woman in the trailer that's like oh my sink's overflowing and they go help her she's voiced by the actress who voiced peach in the original super mario brothers super show <laughs> and like the whole thing is full of like tiny little references and there's a website they made for it and if you go to the website it's actually like it's it, it like i expect i'm gonna type in smbplumbing.com and it's gonna take me to the uh, imagination or uh, illumination page for the movie or something no it's an actual in universe web page and one of the um reviews is a one-star review from a guy named spike spike was like the original boss of mario in the wrecking crew game and he's like a bad guy so of course he gives him a one-star review it's just like tons of little things like that that show the people who are making the movie actually do know and care about mario's history it's not just a stupid children's movie so the other trailers have all pandered to children that trailer pandered to like us 30 year olds 40 year olds and i was yeah. like god damn it they got me. I, sh I shouldn't have been watching. They got me now. Now I want to see that movie. Like, I'm still not as excited for it as I was about, like, say, Sonic. But it's really cool. This this most recent trailer is okay. It's fine. Uh, it's like a bunch of uh, Rainbow Road stuff. And they're on carts. And uh, it features Luigi a lot more. I, I'm, I'm starting to like Charlie Day as the voice of Luigi. I'm coming around on that. It seems okay. And there's a little more Bowser in it. Of course, Jack Black's still killing it as Bowser. But... That last trailer, go watch it just for no other reason than the music because it's the it's like the stupid rap uh, Mario Brothers theme from the intro of the Mario Brothers Super Show in the late 80s, early 90s. It's great. Hmm. That, that sounds pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Check that out. Well, speaking of watching stuff, you can also watch all the episodes of this show and all the episodes of Getting Some Color and all the episodes of living in nightmares and all the coming episodes of living in nightmares whatever what's the name of it right is that the name lost, of the show lost in nightmares where you live there you're lost there it's the same thing when you get lost you end up living there that's right you build a house i was build a lost, house i live here now you live in silent <laughs> hill you're just stuck there and all the coming episodes of a podcaster should pass metal gear i'm currently finishing up on mastering the first two episodes so look for those soon um on youtube you can find the audio versions on anywhere you consume podcast products, including Amazon and Google and Apple and all that stuff. Look for Here. us. Big Trouble Archives dot com, I hope. I don't know. I need Dubs to do this. He's the he's the he's the big boy. He knows all the, the branding information. But uh by all means join us next week because we're gonna finally talk about the departed and we're gonna rank everything. I don't know if we're gonna slip bolt train in there or not, but I guess look for that just in case but do watch the departed um spoiler alert it's a classic so whatever watch it and join us next week it's gonna be great i think we should be back to our normal tuesday airing time next week barring any unforeseen circumstances <clears throat> thank you for listening Bye.
ball, throw it against the wall. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. Bounce, 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 bounce. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. Bounce, 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 bounce. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. Helps me forget about my cancer.